Good afternoon, and welcome to episode 285 of The Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. How the hell are you guys doing today? It is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021, which means it's the whole start of a whole new week of The Other Ground Live. So I'm happy to be bringing that to you. Uh, it's also the start of me going back to work at my other job, where, you know, the ones that the one that pays me money <laughs> and has benefits and such. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, uh, I did, in fact, go back to my job at the country club today. Uh, so I apologize if I'm a little ill prepared. I literally just got home a little while ago. I had enough time to throw down some fuel um, and hit like two hits of wax. And then here I am. So. <laughs> so um, bear with me. Anyways, uh, you guys know the routine. You can call in and talk to me about whatever you like uh what a, if it's something i'm talking about that's fine if something you want to talk about that's fine if you don't want to call in you can always uh type shit out to the chat box and i'll be more than happy to respond to you that way uh as far as what we're talking about today <clears throat> fuck if i know uh personally wise it was not a bad day uh as i mentioned they had me come back to work uh one of the reasons i like going back to work is it puts me back in a schedule i'm a person who needs a schedule uh, i did uh, my yoga workout this morning i was happy with that uh, tomorrow I'll be lifting weights and then varying it back and forth throughout the work week so that I can get five days of working out. And then I will, because uh, I, I like not working out on my days off. I, I like the idea of having a day where I do absolutely fucking nothing. So despite the fact it'd probably be a better idea to spread those two rest days out, I do like, I prefer to have them just back to back. I'm not working out to the level where it really matters where you put your rest days. <laughs> I tried that and it didn't really work out for me, really. Um, I don't have the body tape for that shit. And honestly, I did it for two or three years, maybe four. And what I got was not enough of a reward, it seemed for the effort I put in. So I'm still going to lift weights and stuff, but I'm not going to try to be a bodybuilder five day a week, you know, with chest this day, arms this day. I think I'm going to be doing yoga uh, three times a week. And then twice a week, I'll do like bench press and bent over rows and, uh, you know, maybe some bicep stuff, you know, work, you know, the chest and arms, the chest, arm and back, or at the very least chest and back arms is always the last thing you do if you have time. Um, so, and I think that'll probably work out better for me. I'm an old dude. Speaking of old dudes, uh, I saw in the news today that, uh, here in the great state of Michigan, the, the governor is trying to make it so that anyone who is 50 or older, uh, is going to be able to get the shot next. Um, I think they said something about medical conditions, but that was the headline, which doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not 50, uh, but that's a good news, right? Uh, I know some people have varied opinions about the vaccine and your opinion is just as valid as anybody else's, whatever it is. <laughs> but I <clears throat> hear, I'm sorry, I'm very throaty today. Give me one more chance. <clears throat> there, I should do it. But what you think of the vaccine and what I think of the vaccine is kind of irrelevant for uh, what I'm speaking about because I want the vaccine to be out there so that people feel like they're safe. I don't care if you think it makes you safer or not. That's not what we're talking about. The majority of people, it seems like, want a vaccine and it feels like it'll make them safer. I want life to go back to normal. If it takes everyone getting a vaccine, that's fucking awesome. If it takes everyone wearing a, a, a mask continuously 24 hours a day for three months, you're not allowed to take it off even when you're taking a shower, equally awesome. I don't give a shit. Whatever it takes for us to get to, we don't have to worry about this shit anymore at the shortest amount of time. I'm all for that. Uh, I don't give a shit about your rights. <laughs> I just want stuff to go back to normal. 
because uh, normal for me is is a big deal where I work in the service industry. Uh, when people are scared to come out, the service industry suffers and uh, it's suffered enough in the last year. I, I don't, and just opening things up doesn't change anything because like you could say all 50 states, no restrictions on any kind of dining and it wouldn't make a difference for a lot of people because a lot of people don't feel safe going out. That's what I want to change. So, and I think vaccines will probably do that for the vast majority of people. So when I see news like the president or somebody saying uh, that by May, everyone, all there should be enough vaccines for everybody, all, all adults in the United States. So that'd be good. I know my work highly, <laughs> it was funny. We had a, uh, a meeting uh, today um, at my work. It wasn't really for me. It was the wait staff, but I, I sat in on it because uh, I like to know what's going on in all the departments because I kind of have all the departments run through me, so to speak. So I kind of need to know what's going on in almost every situation because it's my job to answer those type of questions. Um, <clears throat> so I sat in on the wait staff meeting and first he asked if anybody had gotten a vaccine yet and then said, you know what? That's actually an invasion of privacy. You don't have to answer that. Uh, which surprised me. And he went on to say that as far as the club's policy was, uh, it seems that all the reports indicate that the vaccine makes people safer and they will not tell you, you have to get a vaccine or you don't have to get a vaccine. Um, that he said, that's your right and it's your decision. And whatever you decide is perfectly fine with us either way. However, if you do decide to go get the vaccine, we will uh, reimburse you $50 uh, for your time and gas money and that it took you the time it took you to go get that vaccine because we would really prefer if you were. And I thought that's probably a good way to do it because obviously people are going to have different opinions on it. Some people aren't going to want it. And uh, I like the fact that my work respects that. But con as I mentioned, the vaccines are probably a good thing uh, and clearly they would prefer it. So they're offering an incentive for the employees to get it, but no punishment if they don't, so, which I think is the proper way to do that. Um, all right, you dogs want to knock it off? Getting fucking wild kingdom in here and shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, we want people to come back, obviously, being a service entry. Uh, for those who are unaware, I work at a country club, which is, you know, basically a combination restaurant, uh, golf course, a couple other things, fitness club, uh, whatever you want to call it. So it is at its heart, a service industry. It's several service industries because yeah, that's pretty much all a golf course is, is a service industry. When you really look at it, it doesn't produce anything. Uh, if people don't come and use it, it goes out of business. So when it comes right down to it, a golf course is the service industry. Um, and in certain ways, the the, pan, uh, the the pandemic or whatever you want to call it didn't affect us at all. Uh, last year was the busiest year we've had in golf in the, I can't remember, we, we, we opened in 1923, so you do the math. Actually, that is easy. That's 98 years. Um, uh, so yeah, in the 98 years that we've been open, we had the busiest year in golf ever last year. And when you think about it, it's it's for pretty obvious reasons. Last year killed the service industry. There was no entertainment. You couldn't go out and eat any place. There was no concerts. There was nothing going on at all. Um, and that sucked for everybody. 
but it probably sucked for rich people more because I assume rich people probably go out more and inter go out and, and uh, use the service entertainment industry way more than poor people do. So, so the richer you are, the more this the pandemic sucked for you as far as entertainment went. So while we were not super popular on the inside because people were afraid to come inside and eat, uh, we did a shitload of carryout orders and our golf course was, as I mentioned, the busiest busiest it's ever been because they didn't have anything else to do <laughs> and we expect a lot of that to continue um the dining believe it or not even though the fact that nobody wanted to eat inside and at certain points we couldn't have outdoor outdoor dining i don't know how we ended up over the entire year because we were closed in different spots spots where we were supposed to be open but as far as the months that we were open we did tremendous business because we had outdoor dining uh nobody was comfortable going eating inside Nobody was comfortable going to other places, but they felt comfortable enough to come and eat with us uh, as long as the weather was nice. And last year, as you guys remember, uh, well, at least up in here in Michigan, we had a tremendous year weather-wise. It was super nice, uh, very, very, very few days of inclement weather, and it stayed warm well until like October, I want to say. Um, so, uh, and even after that, we threw some heaters out there and extended it as long as we can. I, we We had dining out there until I want to say early November so it, maybe in mid-November so I, financially it wasn't that horrible of a year for certain retrospects for the club and others it was uh, the thing that killed us the most with this country club is uh, we actually lost members this year from resigning that fucking never happens uh, back in 2009 when they had that big economic recession because of the housing market um, there were country clubs that were closing uh, country clubs that you know were in dire trouble. We lost two members <laughs> that that, I, that we knew were from financial reasons. Uh, this is a very much an old money club, so, so uh, current events don't really affect us that much. Uh, when I say an old money club, is most of our members were are rich already. They are born rich, uh, and they're and our, and their parents are members of this country club and their grandparents are members of this country club. Like we, we have tons of families where it's their three generations in and the first generation was rich. So it's rare for the day to day finances to affect the, these people all that much. We lost five fucking people last year, five members last year. Now we already added two of them back cause there's, there's pretty much a wait list to get in, but you don't see that. Uh, and it basically, um, we can't, you know, quiz them for their why they quit, but a lot of it's because they're not using it. I mean, there's members that didn't set club, foot in that club last year at all, not even once, but they still get charged a shitload of money every month. I, I can't really tell you how much. That's probably not my place, uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so in addition to paying a lot to be there in the first place. So, and that's the reason why I don't really mind when some of the members come to me with crazy fucking shit. Um, cause that happens. Uh, I get asked stuff on a daily basis that no reasonable person would ask an, like an employee at a business to do, <laughs> you know, uh, I get a lot of the normal stuff. Like, may I have a reservation, you know, next Friday at seven o'clock outside in the, you know, on the South patio. Oh yeah, certainly. That's, that's normal shit. But I, I've had a member call me up and ask me to send an employee over to his house because he had lost power and his wife was trapped in the garage. Clearly, that's not our fucking problem. <laughs> but it's my job if a member to call me calls me up and asks me to uh, solve a problem, I fucking solve it. 
we'll worry, I'll, I'll worry later on about whether what you know whether i should have or not you know and that's what my bosses tell me they're like solve the fucking problem solve the problem if a member comes to you for a problem you solve the problem i go well, what if uh no there's no what ifs solve the problem uh if if it was wrong that's fine if you shouldn't solve that problem that's fine <laughs> you don't make him stand there while you go ask permission to solve the problem you solve the problem so i've done things i shouldn't have before uh where, where our managers told me yeah you probably could have went ahead and told him no but that's not how my job works and that's my bosses realize that and they support me on that kind of shit so and, and for the most part they love it it's you know uh since they're not the ones fucking you know going out on a limb to fucking take care of shit um and because the members love that shit the members love to be treated special and for anybody that's in the service industry uh we probably know this the more you treat them like a person a special person uh the more they like it for, for one thing but i've also found the more you can fuck up um uh, my members know i go every go out of my way to do anything i can to get them what they want and make sure that their experience at that country club is all that it can be so when i fuck up and everybody fucks up for the most part they're pretty forgiving about it you know um because it doesn't happen that often but it does happen like last year I, I fucked up a reservation i only fucked up one the entire year but i fucked up one bad because and it was a board member's reservation <laughs> uh and it wasn't even my fuck up really it was someone else's fuck up that i should have caught because that's my job to do that to catch that kind of shit so um but the bar member who everyone knows to be a surly motherfucker because when it when managers found out about it they were like oh but he was like oh dude no no problem man yeah and that was the end of it, you know, because the board, uh, because I, he knows that I do everything I can to try to make sure their shit's correct. Anyways, you guys don't want to hear me talk about fucking my other job. I'm sure we got better things to talk about. Anyone want to call in about anything? You guys got any topics you want to thrust out into the spotlight today? No, probably not. <laughs> See, I'm always trying to get other people to do my job. I do that at work too. That's, <laughs> that, um, honestly, I try to do as little as possible. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, it's, although i will be honest with you a big part of my job is just sitting there and doing fucking nothing sometimes uh because sometimes there's the phone's not ringing sometimes there's not members coming up to you know, uh and asking me any questions so, and i've got all and i have paperwork and you know other stuff to do obviously but i get that shit out of the way in the morning normally and then other stuff comes over the course of the day i pretty much try to make sure that i'm doing nothing at any given point so if a member comes up to me i can just leap on that shit uh but lots of times there's just not shit to do. People ask me why I was able to hang out on a, uh, like an internet forum talking all day when I'm supposed to be at work. I'm like, well, cause that's my fucking job <laughs> to sit here. Uh, my, my boss told me that he was like, look, Jay, I understand this job can be boring. He goes, I don't expect you just to sit here and stare at the wall. He goes, if you're ans answering the phones, greeting people when they will uh, come up to your desk and do get your paperwork and shit done. I don't care what you do on the fucking internet. He goes, now, if any of those things aren't getting done, we're going to have a completely different conversation. But other than that, so I, which got, which is really good for me, to be honest with you, because I don't think this, this is my 17th year there. And I don't think I would have been here for 17 years if they would have forced me to stare at a fucking wall all day while I'm waiting for people to come up and ask me shit. That would be horribly, horribly bad. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, what are you guys talking about in the uh, chat box? I haven't even looked at it today. That's that's how bad I am at this job, <laughs> the job of podcast host. I haven't looked at the chat box once. I've been too busy fucking talking. Um, 
Caps Delush. He's an engineer by trade. However, I don't work. I love to drink vodka and I'm bisexual. They said it five, six times in a row. So I guess it was really important. Um, press the horsey button. I don't think I have a horsey button. Where do you get a horsey button? Holy shit. No, 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 no. I don't see any horsey buttons. Uh, crow buttons, clapping buttons, countdown buttons, horror buttons. I don't think I've ever pushed a horror button. that's the horror button that's terribly disappointing they have to have a better button than that how about the magic spell button <laughs> okay the magic spell button was correct as was the correct button i haven't fucked with these in a while they added a couple that's right. I'm so old. When I first started pod beating, pod beating, they only had two buttons, booing or clapping. Nine to five. So you don't need to go to sleep any earlier than the last four dab months. Yeah, that's actually fucking worked out perfect. Um, I, uh, I have been, uh, getting up for the last, I don't haven't had to work for the last three or four months because of this whole COVID shit. Um, and because the country clubs closed in the winter anyways. And uh, <clears throat> normally last, normally I get up at four in the morning, sometime, somewhere between three and four in the morning when I'm working uh, so that I can work out and get all my shit done. Because sometimes I have to be there as early as six in the morning. But even when I've got to be there at seven, uh, I still get up like between 3.30 and four o'clock uh, to get a workout in, you know, uh, drink my Huel, all that good shit. I let myself over the course of being off slip from like four o'clock in the morning to six o'clock. And then I caught myself there and made sure I got up by six o'clock every morning. Mostly by going to bed at a fucking eight o'clock at night because I sleep 10 hours a day. Uh, however, I knew that as we were closing in on going back to work that I would have to adjust that. It was only a two hour adjustment, so it wasn't going to be a huge deal, but I did know that I started like the week two weeks before uh i was gonna go back to work i was gonna you know start getting up at five and then like maybe a couple days before uh or the week before i was going back to work start getting up at four um so that i when i went back to work i'd be getting up at four uh that didn't happen <laughs> because like a week before i went back to work i found out that i was going to work nine to five uh this is only until the country club opens in like may 17th i'm actually there early taking care of shit um but they're having me work nine to five. I was like, fuck, that's totally fucks up my sleep schedule. Let's see for me to get there at nine. I need to get up at six. Oh shit. I guess I'm fine. <laughs> so I rolled right into work. I don't know why I'm, I'm tired as fuck, by the way. I don't know why I'm tired as fuck. Cause I got up at the same time as I got up for like the last two months. <laughs> uh, I, and I don't do physical labor. My wife was like, you shouldn't even be tired. I at least work my ass off. My what? My wife who did work her ass off also, uh, works at the country club. She's the ladies locker room manager. Uh, however, she doesn't have an assistant right now. So she's taking care of a lot of stuff that she sh shouldn't have to anymore, but they brought her back early and yada, yada. And she'll have an assistant here in a couple weeks. And so, but yeah, so she's, she's doing actual real work while I'm sitting at a desk and talking to my friends for the most part. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know why I'm tired. I guess just stressed. Uh, I do know, uh, I can tell that I was stressed because my body told me so. I have IBS issues and stress is one of the things that triggers it. So that's how I know. But 
but I don't really know why. I don't feel super stressed. I guess just like the general get ready for work again thing. Um, and that'll change. Like this, my nine to five days are just today and tomorrow, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday I'm eight to four. Um, and then the seventeenth I move to seven to three. Oh, and then normally was it like in late May I normally move to six o'clock. And I will and I'll work and then they also move my up time my late my leaving time up an hour or so like I'll be working six to four. And that will be for the summer. And then once September here that goes back to like eight hour days, seven to three. Yeah. And then we ride that all out into December and then start the whole thing all over again. As far as that goes, I'm really hoping that this time next year the whole COVID thing's gone. Uh the country club plans to allow guests July first. That's one of the things that's fucked with us the most uh, is uh, the entire last year and this year until July 1st, there were no guests allowed. I know that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but for a lot of our members, it is Um, because the country uh, club is a resource in that regard. It's a place to take people for business lunches. It's it's a place to take your business partner golfing. it's a place where the ladies can bring their their friends and imp- you know, impress them with how nice the country club is. Uh, and not being able to bring your guests into the country club changes it quite a bit. Uh, so uh, that will be a big deal when we allow guests back in again. And they did it because they wanted to limit the amount of contact through COVID. You know, um, that's one of the reasons why a lot of the members felt safe going to the country club is because it was a limited group of people. It's the members and their families and that's it. Like you don't have like random people coming in and out and all that good stuff. So you knew that the other members were probably taking precautions to not get sick as well. Plus the country club is and all that good stuff. Sorry. I sorry, I forgot. I was not here to talk about the country club. We're here to talk about something else. So let's find something else. Um, we're going to go over to the other ground. As you guys know, the other ground is the name of our show. It's also the name of an off topic forum. Uh, a mixed martial arts forum, mixedmartialarts.com, which is also called the underground. This is the off topic forum called the other ground. There you go. Now you know where the show's name comes from. Don't you feel smarter? <laughs> All right, let's see what they're talking about. Could a modern aircraft carrier storm Normandy world war two? No, it could not. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, how you guys, how many of you guys are history buffs or follow that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, and I didn't go into that thread to see what they're actually talking about. But that's an interesting topic, isn't it? They it couldn't, by the way, because you would not have enough uh, ground troops to take the uh, actual you know ground. <laughs> you can blow the fuck out of a country as much as you want, but if you don't have the people to occupy the space, you're not uh, going to accomplish anything. Uh, yes, a modern aircraft carrier would have all these uh, airplanes that would be able to fly around and you know nuke the fuck out of like you know the shoreline. Uh, but, uh, World War II battleships did a pretty fucking good job of that. (laughs) You didn't really, you know, uh, (coughs) God, I can't even remember what the, what the numbers were, but like, I think a fucking half a million people died from the, uh, naval bombardment before, before Normandy, before the beaches were actually even stormed. So I, I, how much better of a job could like a whole bunch of F-16s do? Um, that being the case, even if they did twice as good of a job, um, the issue being, I think, what did they say? Uh, was it 150,000 people were used to, uh, 
to storm the beaches in Normandy. Was that how many I think it happened? I, I'd have to look up. Don't take that word uh, number. That don't take that number as a uh, fact. But I think it's something like that. And an aircraft carrier has about five thousand people on it. I think so. Yeah, it couldn't happen. You, you you'd have to. Uh, you just couldn't do it. You don't have enough people. So there you go. That answers that question. Let's see what else they're talking about. Mm, let's see. Ooh, I'm not sure if I want to touch that one. That's, oh, fuck it. I'm going to touch that one. Uh, I don't, I, actually, this wasn't even on the other ground. I saw a Yahoo article about it. And, uh, and I'm sorry, but the, Apparently, uh, the other ground live is once again going to be a platform for hate and intolerance. Because uh, I saw a uh, article about uh, Ray Fisher. Is that the dude? The dude's name? He was the dude that played Cyborg in the Justice League movies. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Um, he has been basically a, a running battle going with Warner Brothers management and you know, like the bigwigs, uh, about how he was treated in the uh, Justice League movie and. And uh, to the point where he said that he was not interested in working for with Warner Brothers or anything like that. Uh, they had additional stuff that they'd wanted to shoot with him for the uh, Justice League movie, and that didn't happen. And my only issue with his problem with that is I have never been able to find why. He said that um, he keeps on saying that, you know, the way he was treated was racist and abusive, but I can't find anywhere where he says what happened and i've seen him say that he can't get into specifics because of litigation and this that and the other uh because he doesn't want to get sued but that makes zero sense you can, uh, on several different levels for one thing you can't get sued for saying what someone he say he think he says like non-disclosure agreements and stuff like that would prevent him from saying what exactly happened and that's bullshit obviously uh no you can't uh you can't use a non-disclosure agreement to uh prevent someone to uh saying shit like that that's not how that shit works and two let me gather my thoughts i don't want to say this wrong um being that uh he won't tell us what happened it's really hard to judge what should happen next he you know something about i know he has an issue with josh whedon and some of and the things that he said to him, but since I don't know what he said, I don't know what the appropriate punishment should be. Should Josh Whedon get a slap on the wrist? Should Josh Whedon never work in Hollywood again? Those are both things that could happen. And I don't know, cause no, he won't fucking tell anybody. And so that brings us today to today where apparently, um, JJ Abrams, I think it is, has announced that he's going to do a Superman movie with a, uh, a black Superman. And of course, that's going to cause a lot of contention from people that, you know, don't like it when you change um, fictional characters, races to to something else. Um, I've got mixed feelings about that, but that's not what this is about for me, because uh, that's not what the, that's not what we're talking about right now. Uh, the thing is. Ray Fisher fucking apparently uh, tweeted that, you know, fuck black Superman. <laughs> No, what what he said was, uh, um, God, you know what? I should probably find a tweet. I don't want to. I should don't want to um, give you guys the wrong information. And really, considering uh, internet, uh, mm-hmm. Ray Fisher, Black Superman. 
Oh, I do see him saying shares new tale, new details of racially discriminatory conversations on Justice League set. So I will have to read that because I have I was complaining that I have not seen him say anything about what was the actual problem. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, they could have uh, fucking uh, been saying horribly shitty things, and he should he could be completely uh, you know. Um, uh, right on, you know, uh, to be upset and all this good stuff. It's just without any of the um, information out there, it's hard to judge. Okay, this is what he tweeted. Do you all remember that time Walter Hamada and Warner Brother Pictures tried to destroy a black man's credibility and publicly delegalize a very serious indication with lies in the press? But hey, black Superman. So, um... Dude's definitely bitter, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But the entire him dissing on Black Superman because of his issues is kind of strikes me as uh, bitter. I don't know. It just seems he's going about this shit the wrong way. So either he's a nutcase or he has a really legitimate gripe. So I don't know. I'll read that article later, and then we'll cut, we'll talk about it again another time. Let's see what else they're talking about there on the OG. Uh, we're not talking about much. Not much at all. All right, I guess we'll have to go to other sources for our entertainment today since the other ground is failing so miserably. Quite like the show. <laughs> uh, we can always go to Yahoo, right? We all love Yahoo News. Fair and impartial Yahoo News. I don't know. Is Yahoo News liberal? I think it, it seems like it tends to be liberal. Um, I don't know. I it's the only place I read news, so I don't know have anything to compare it to. Um, oh shit, dude! It's here. Here it is again. Okay, let's find out what details of racially discriminatory conversations happened on the Justice League set. Uh, I'm going to. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Prior to the Justice League reshoots of 2017, racially discriminatory conversations were had entertained on multiple occasions by Warner Brothers Pictures executives. Toby Emberts, George Johns, and John Berg, he began in a statement. Had I been aware of those conversations in real time, I would have addressed them in real time. However, it wasn't until the summer of 2020 that individuals were in those meetings felt comfortable sharing with me what they had witnessed firsthand. Hmm. Okay, so that's hearsay. He continued, when it comes to matters involving race, I always try to give the benefit of the doubt to those who may be ignorant of their own biases. But when you have studio executives, particularly Jeff Johns, saying, we can have an angry black man at the center of the movie, and then those executives using their power to reduce and remove all black people from that movie, then they are no longer entitled to any belief associated with doubt. I don't... I'm not sure if I understand that statement. I understand the second part. He, he says that they uh, cut the roles of all the black people from the movie. I don't know. I, I don't know what it started off with, so I can't speak on that. Uh, I don't get the we have we can have an angry black man at the center of the movie. Um, <clears throat> is that racist? I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't sound racist to me. Maybe I'm racist. See, I, I guess if you ask certain people, I would be. I mean, just because I don't understand why that's a racist statement. Um, okay, but it's clearly it upset him. 
Um, let's see. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's all the statements he said. I still don't understand why he's so upset. Uh, now, on the other hand, Warner Meter responded to Fisher's criticism of the recent news with, once again, there are false statements being made about our executives at our company surrounding the recent Justice League investigation. As we have stated before, an extensive and thorough third-party investigation was concluded, conducted. Excuse me. Our executives, including Walter Hamada, fully cooperated. No evidence was found of any interference whatsoever, and Warner Brothers did not lie in the press. It's time to stop saying it otherwise and move forward productively. Uh-huh. Well, um... Oh, he, I, he does have a full issue. Uh, a tweet, of course, and it's in a little tiny fucking handwriting, so I'm not going to read it anymore. So I don't know. Does that Does that sound like a big deal to you? Not to me, but... Please tell me if I'm wrong. You know, uh, I'm certainly not an expert on race relations, so um, maybe what what I just read is horribly racist. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it, it is bothersome that he's going with what other people told him. Uh, so that's that's never a great start for this kind of thing. Man, <laughs> I'm trying to give you guys some actual news, but because Yahoo uh, tends to cater its news toward what you've clicked on my entire fucking feed is nothing but marvel superhero stuff right now <laughs> seriously okay first things in it okay the first one is why is kathleen han's kids so embarrassed by her marvel role the second one wandavision fans will definitely be sad about the future of the series third one meet the comic book artist blowing up on twitch for his incredible superhero drawing streams then the fourth one's that ray fisher stuff and then the fifth one is Australian man fills himself racially abusing Asian wo- woman on Sydney train. I think I'd rather have the Marvel stuff. Shit, that's a letdown, isn't it? One, one, so Australian man films himself racially abusing Asian woman on Sydney train. That uh, <coughs> seems mean and stupid. Oh, an Australian amateur rapper caused an outrage online after sharing a now deleted video of his confront- confrontation with an Asian woman on a Sydney train. Mm-hmm. The rapper Flex City, also known as Torian Agnew. Wait, um, I don't know which one's his rapper name. <laughs> Is it Flex City or or Torian Agnew? Uh. The, the rapper hur- hurled racial insults at a train passenger and referred to her as a peasant during his rant, according to Mail Online. How about you? I'm not going to censor this, by the way. How about you fuck off to China, you fucking peasant? You invaded our country. At the end of the day, you're an Asian peasant. You come to my fucking country, I run a monk, eh? Eh? <laughs> Feck City continued in his rant. The woman retorted, I'm not from China. I come, I come to your country. I contribute to your country. Uh, yeah, this guy's a winner, isn't it? So, uh, then he verbally attacked the man that was with her and called, accused him of talking shit. I'm not going to read the rest of this. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, boy, yeah. And here's his excuse, because obviously people shit on him for that. Um, days after the incident, the man posted a video on his Facebook and apologized for his racist outspurt, outburst on the train, claiming he didn't remember anything from that day. He explained he was on Eight Xanax bars, six clo- clona, clona, 
clonazepam pills and a copious amount of alcohol. Where he, when the verbal assault happened, he then later up in a, he then later ended up in a store accusing all the workers of stealing my phone and pulling out a screwdriver and going crazy before getting arrested. So he, he did get arrested at the end of the day. So, but the, but the funny part is it's going to be the, uh, it's going to be the uh, racial tirade against some poor innocent Asian woman. That's going to affect his life long-term way more than that arrest in the, in the store for a threat to stab people with a screwdriver. Which it's, which is funny. I mean, it should, I mean, you, um, I'm pretty tolerant of a lot of, of a lot of things. I'm not tolerant of racism and all that good shit, dude. You can think what you want, but dude, seriously, keep it to yourself if that's what you're what you think, dude. I'll, I I know too many people of too many different uh, uh, back races and backgrounds to ever be racist. It's just stupid. I mean, people are people. It amazes me, dude. There's so many reasons to hate people on an individual basis. It's a lot more fun to hate someone on an individual basis, you know. Um, hating people because what they look like or what they believe in is boring, dude. Fucking, you can't find a better reason to hate somebody. <sighs> yeah, Dragonoff says being drunk isn't a good excuse beyond a certain age. Yeah, plus the fact that he was on like a, a handful of different fucking pills. I don't know what uh, clothes, clozapan or whatever the fuck he was on, but I know Xanax and fucking eight fucking bars of Xanax is fucking a shitload of Xanax. Yeah, um, most people pass the fuck out at four milligrams, and the bars I think are one milligram once. If he had eight of them, that was eight. Yeah, so uh, that would not be a good time for me. I took. I remember taking half of his Xanax once uh, uh, before a plane flight, and actually, I don't. I didn't remember it doing too much to me. But but then again, I'm a big guy, so um, and it, who's done plenty of drugs over his life, so um. So I don't, uh, I think it probably would have taken a lot more than that to actually have a major effect on me. Or maybe it did, I don't know. <laughs> oh, bar is two milligrams. So yeah, um, so that means that the guy took like 16 milligrams. And uh, uh, by chance, I, there's a thread on the OG right now about a guy saying he took uh, two uh, milligrams of uh, Xanax by accident. And now he's doing everything he could to stay awake because he took it to sleep. So, and there's people... Uh, on that thread saying that at four milligrams, they would not remember what happened to him the next day. Yeah. So if he's at eight milligrams, he's probably was fucking fucked up really bad. 190 is a big guy now. It's bigger than average. I, of course, I'm at that since I'm six, uh, seven or so, that probably makes me smaller than average by body weight. I'm mostly bones. <laughs> but yeah, um, you got to remember, uh, Americans are big, dude. We are We're just in general. Uh, once again, back to the, I know a whole bunch of different people. Uh, and it's interesting to see like the builds of just different racial people. Uh, Americans are big. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Cause like, uh, you'll see some, some of the middle Eastern people are smaller. Some of them are big fuckers too, though. Um, it really depends on where they're from. Middle East is a huge place with all kinds of different, uh, races really. Um, and uh so yeah I, i'm even though i'm skinny as fuck i'm i still outmass quite a few people just by this just by the stance of a lot of people aren't really that big 
Yeah, which surprised me. But when you think about it, there's lots of people that walk around like 150, 160, 170. And me being 190 means I outweigh most people like 20 or 30 pounds. If they're, or I would if they were in shape. <laughs> That's the only thing I got going for me really is, uh, um, even though I only weigh 190, I'm not really, don't, I'm not fat. <laughs> I'm a skinny person. So what, it, what little I have is, is, you know, in decent shape. At least it's going to be fucking goddamn. I, uh, I didn't work out for the last month at all. Basically. Um, I had back issues that stopped me from lifting weights. And then I decided I was just going to stop that for uh, a couple weeks and just do yoga. And then they moved up my uh, work time by two weeks, two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to take the next two weeks off. So I, I haven't really worked out. I've, I was, uh, I've worked out two weeks ago, but nothing steady for like a month. So I feel all like sloppy and shit. <laughs> when in reality, I probably look exactly the same. Uh, a lot of why I like to work out is mental. Because uh, I know I'm still a skinny fuck. When I'm working out every day, I, I feel like I'm at least the best version of myself that I can be. And if you're the best version of yourself that you can be, what else can you do, right? So I try, I try to take that attitude about lots of things because uh, there's lots of things in life I'm not good at. And it sucks. It sucks sometimes to want to be good at something and try really hard at it and realize you're still not good at it and you're never going to be. Um, music was that way with me. Uh, playing ba- I play bass, kind of. I play bass in Rocksmith. But every time I've tried to transition to playing it real, it hasn't worked out. So I'm about ready to give up on that shit. Um, there's lots of things like that. Uh, and, but I try not to get too worked up about it because m- when I decide to do something, I throw all of me into it. So if I'm trying to do something, I'm trying really hard to do something. And I've learned that if I fail at it, then that's just the way it was meant to be, really. It, it, some things, you're not going to be good at everything. You know, you're not going to succeed every time you try something. And that was a hard lesson. It really was because uh, there's all kinds of things I wanted to do <laughs> that I turned out to be not good at. It's okay though. You know, I'm sure I'm good at something. I haven't figured it out yet, but something, right? <laughs> it reminds me of a Simpsons line. Uh, I, I think it was Lenny. Was that the dude? Yeah. Uh, one of the two. I can't remember which ones. Uh, he goes, well, I'm smart. I mean, not like book smart or street smart, but something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that always stuck with me because that's how i feel i'm like i'm smart just not like book smart or street smart or that kind of shit uh, let's see what else we got to talk about today uh do 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 mostly Ooh, mortal combat is leading the way for inclusive action movie <sighs> i suppose it is yeah <laughs> because oh uh, a wide variety of people are going to be killed in that movie I'm excited about that one, by the way. Uh, I don't know why. It, it just looks like a good one. What, what about you guys? Have you guys seen any clips for the new Mortal Kombat movie coming out? Um, the I'm excited because f- I think we've reached a point where the uh, special effects can actually do what we need them to do. Uh, I see Drag says he's seen it too. He says it looks good. Um, I think... I. I think the special effects will hold up this time. They almost held up last time. You guys remember the Mortal Kombat movie? For, I want to say it was from the late nineties. Um, who had, a, that had exactly like two famous people in it. It had, uh, God, what's his name? The Highlander. Ah, uh, fuck. I can't remember. I can't believe I can't remember the act, actor's name for the Highlander. He used to be my favorite person in the world. Um, 
Christopher Lambert. Thank you. Yeah. Christopher, La dude, I don't know why. Looking back on it, I, I don't know how he had a career at all. <laughs> but uh, I used to love that dude. I, he, I The Highlander was, I think, the first movie that I ever obsessed about. Uh, I didn't get to see a lot of movies growing up. Um, and I, I, and so most of them that I, I encountered were later on, like on VHS. And my buddy Derek had The Highlander in... God damn, dude. I was like, holy shit, that's the best movie ever fucking made. So I was I was impressed with that for a couple of few years. Um, but yeah, he was in the Mortal Kombat movie. And I believe one of the Asian actors, the one that played uh, Shang Tsung, uh, the, like the bad guy, was a, a fairly famous guy. And that was about it. All the rest of them was uh, um, nobody actors. And the special effects were not horrible. Goro was was a mess, <laughs> but you know that we you kind of expected that you know. I, and some of the um, background CGI, you know, like you know where they're using digital backgrounds, it was pretty obvious. But other than that, I don't. Re I'd have to watch it again, but I don't remember the the special effects being horrible, horrible. Maybe because 1995, that's what they were. Um, so I remember being disappointed by that movie, but not horribly disappointed. I would never go back and watch it again. It probably, it probably sucks ass now, <laughs> but this new one, the special effects look good. Uh, the martial arts looks excellent. Um, that, and that was one of the things, a few things that held up in the first um, movie was the fight scenes were good because the nobody actors were mostly martial artists uh, that they brought in for that. From what I understand. That, uh, but yeah, I didn't see that in the movie theater. I see Grad saying he saw that in the theater. Uh, I saw very few movies, very few movies in the movie theater, and I remember almost every single one of them because the few times I went to a movie theater when I was a child was when my uh, dad would come to visit me. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was young; didn't know my dad really. Um, but right around the same time that my mom got remarried when I was seven, uh, he got remarried and apparently got interested in kids. So for about a three-year period between the ages of seven and 10, about every three or four months, he would come and pick us up and take us to the donut shop and have donuts. And we'd go to watch a movie and then he'd drop me off. Um, and once I think I went to his house, but it was a long time ago. Around 10, he uh, got divorced and got back to doing drugs again. And I didn't see him again for another eight years. <laughs> but that's a different story. But that being the case, the few times that I went to movies were always memorable experiences for me. Um, even though, like, I remember seeing, I, I feel I, I want to give you guys movies, but I told you they're memorable experiences for me, but I'm not sure if I have the memories right. Because, for example, I remember seeing the first X-Men movie with my dad, but I think that was way later. I think that was after I reconnected with him. Yeah, it has to be, because the first X-Men movie came out like in the year 2000-something. Yeah, okay, so that, remember that one. Um, but I think Fox and the Hound I saw with my dad. God, that was a horrible movie to see. <laughs> that was a horrible movie to see <laughs> with, your, with, with your dad that you hardly ever saw. Um, and Miss, yeah, that was the other one. I think it was Mrs. Doubtfire. No, no, actually, no, I couldn't have saw that one. That was too late. I don't remember what movies I fucking saw with him. But... I remember, I remember the emotions of it, the, you know, so now when I go to movie theaters, which is very rarely, it doesn't seem like the big deal it used to be. 
And, which is funny because it's now it's the biggest. They make it more of a big deal than ever because those movie theaters are fucking awesome. Have you guys been to a movie theater in the last ten years? I'm assuming you have. I had not. Um, so when I went like the last couple years with my wife, because it turns out my wife likes movies and we, she likes going. It's a completely different experience with like those recliner chairs that go all the way back. Um, there's a little bit of space between the chairs. That was one of the things I hated the most about fucking movies and why I stopped going because I can't stand being next to somebody else that I don't know. I can barely stand being next to somebody I do know. <laughs> My wife's not a big fan of this, by the way. Um, but yeah, I can't, uh, I, I just won't do it. Uh, I'll, if it's a, if it's a crowd, crowded theater, I just won't go to a crowded theater. I just won't do it. <clears throat> I won't go to any place that has stadium seating. I'm not going to sit that close to another person. These places are great because uh, in addition to the big ass recliners, uh, they also have something in the front. And these are the, and this is the Imagine Theaters. I'm sure the other ones have different things. They have something that they call like the, the big love seat. It's a love seat right in the front row uh, with, you know, with like foot rests, like Ottomans. So, you know, me and the wife just sit in the love seat. No one else can get anywhere near us because it's a fucking love seat. There's, no, there's a love seat next to it, but it's a completely different, separate love seat. So it's fucking awesome. Um, Although it is a little too close to the screen, so it, it kind of hurts our neck sometimes. And we decided after a while we'd rather just go like on a Monday at 10 a.m. <laughs> to see a movie um, about a month after it's been out. <laughs> and that's the formula that works for us. Monday morning, 10 a.m., a month after it's been out. Nobody ever in that fucking theater. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, I apologize. That was painful, by the way. <laughs> uh Kaplan sells his ass. You make everything sound incredibly sad. I try not to do that. I really do. You know, I realize I have, I am an unending source of sad stories. Cap says he saw never ending story in the karate kid in 1984. Woof, man. That's a, that's a double header. Um, I didn't see either of those in the movies. Uh, I can't remember when I saw never ending story, but I was young enough to appreciate it as a, uh, as a good movie, as opposed to looking at it as a kid's movie. A very traumatizing kids movie. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, we're going to have the horse die. Spoilers, by the way, the horse dies. <laughs> yeah, that was, dude, that was kind of a weird movie in retrospect. Shorter than I thought it was going to be. You know, considering the title. <laughs> I, uh, I can remember the very first time I went to the movies, and I think I told you guys this story before. Um, the very first time I went to the movies, and this was before I was seven. It has to be. Or maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. I remember it was a drive-in theater. I remember my dad had a van. Um, the reason I remember he had a van is because he had his two friends there. He was coming with him, sit underneath uh, the uh, bed, like cover up on the bed, and we sat on top of them in case they looked in when when... So when they asked dad, how many, he said two adults and two kids instead of four adults and two kids. Cause my dad was a fucking thief apparently. <laughs> so yeah, I, I remember that specifically. And then I, then I remember once we got there, uh, he got us our popcorn and our pops and our snacks. And then he put us on top of the, the van. Cause it was one of those vans that had like a little ladder going up onto the roof. I don't know why. And he put us on top of the van and, that, and that's where we sat, you know, for the movies. If we, uh, if we needed something, we'd knock on the roof and he'd come and, you know, and, and get us because we were probably too small to really climb up and down the ladder because I, I believe a, I uh, five, six, seven, I don't know. I'd have to look. Uh, I, you know what? The, the, I can find out because it was a first run movie because, you know, it was in the movie theaters. So let's find out. I know what I saw. Yeah, not in 75, so I can't. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm wrong about that. Let's see where the other one came out. Seventy nine. Okay, seventy nine with seventy nine or eighty is probably a good time. So neither of these were first runs, possibly. But I remember the double feature that I saw. The first movie was Buck Rogers in the twenty first century, um, which came out in nineteen seventy nine. Great movie for a kid. I loved it. I don't remember anything about it. All my memories of Buck Rogers in the 21st century is from the TV show that was spawned from this uh, movie. But strangely enough, used all of the same cast. How often does that happen? Do you think of any time where a, there's been plenty of times where a uh, movie was turned into a TV series? It's pretty fucking common now. Have you ever seen a TV series that used the same actors as the movie? for all of it, like the main character, the main female lead, and I think the main secondary character were uh, were all the same people, uh, which surprised me. But, but it did make for a good TV show. And so that was a good thing for me and my uh, brother to watch. Unfortunately, the second movie of that double feature was Jaws. Um, and I guarantee you that was not a great movie for me to watch. And I guarantee you it has affected my life ever since because... I have no interest to be in the ocean at all, even a little bit. No, thank you. Never have from day one. It's from the, the day I can remember thinking about the ocean, the thought was, fuck no. And I'm sure it's because I saw Jaws at a very young age. Uh, now, logically speaking, I mean, if you ask me about the ocean, I'm, I'm still fuck, you, fuck no for way more logical reasons. There's all kinds of things in there that eat people. I will pass. I have no desire to swim around with things that want to eat me so i I will i will uh go ahead and take a dip in the pool if i need to go swimming (laughs) and it's probably because of the jaws thing yeah i mean i I don't see how you guys do it seriously (laughs) okay let's see we've got five minutes left i'm sure i can find one more thing to talk about here on the uh uh, let's see <laughs> the Flash is returning. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that show was such a fucking di- disappointment. I don't give a shit about most uh, DC characters, but I um, was always interested in the Flash because it's, it's a cool power set. Uh, he's super duper fucking overpowered, but super speed just in general seems like a, a like it'd be a cool superpower. So I was semi interested in the Flash uh, TV show when it came out. I say semi interested because it's on the fucking CW. And we all know what kind of show is on the fucking CW. <laughs> so, uh, but in the first couple episodes, I wasn't unhappy. I knew that it was going to be a TV show, so their special effects were only going to be okay. Um, but I thought they did an okay job with, uh, you know, making him look like he was super fast. Um, the problem being the plot of every fucking episode of that show seems to be the same. I can tell you, okay, go ahead and turn on your TV, go to your streaming service, like Netflix, I think Netflix has it or whatever, and pick out an episode of The Flash. Okay, you got it? I'll give you a second. Okay, good. Here's what you're going to see. The Flash running around, stopping crime until, oh my God, there's somebody faster than The Flash, a new criminal, and he needs to be stopped. So The Flash has to get faster because he's not fast enough to stop this criminal. And then guess what? He is fast enough to stop that criminal now. That's every fucking episode. Every fucking episode. 
I mean, there is other shit, but it's really such a recurring theme of that show that it's gotten ridiculous. Every episode is about him having to be faster. If he doesn't have to be faster to beat the new faster guy, he has to be faster to do this new trick that he has to do to fucking get this done or, you know, whatever it is. Seriously, go watch the show. It's all about Barry getting faster. Uh, I don't know if after the first season and a half, if it changed, but I kind of fucking doubt it. <laughs> so. And Dragunov says, isn't that every superhero movie? Just switch faster for stronger or whatever. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them is, uh, a lot of those movies are, uh, um, the recurring theme is really they all they're more powerful than they realize and they just have to you know uh reach their potential so yeah you are right on that one uh, you see you see that quite often in movie and superhero movies and you know tv shows and such but the flash being such a one-dimensional thing it becomes glaringly obvious a lot quicker than a lot of the other times yeah but that's about it i think we're going to call that a show i mean it's going to take me two and a half minutes just to say bye um no calls this uh, the show. Wow, that's unusual. Don't try to call it now. I'm not going to answer. Um, <laughs> I want to thank the OG Army for hanging out with me. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, I couldn't do the show without you. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock to do the shit all over again. Hopefully, I'll do a better job tomorrow. <laughs> well, but I think that's about it. Until then, I'm Passive J. You guys have yourself a great day. Simchin for the OG. Yeah.